Tampa Bay's Tan Talk. Entertaining and informative radio for the Sunshine State. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends Corey, Jed, and Kurt at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Where can you find the best tasting authentic Caribbean food in Tampa Bay? It's all at Island Vibes Caribbean Restaurant in downtown Largo. Island Vibes has delicious jerk chicken, fresh seafood, Caribbean soup, salad, sandwiches, and more. Don't miss happy hour from 4 p.m. to close and live entertainment on Friday nights. Check out Island Vibes Caribbean Restaurant at 351 West Bay Drive in Largo or call 727-240-4420. To check out their amazing Caribbean menu, visit Sweet Numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Hey, the Red Rocker Sammy Hagar here, and you are listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Ah, uh, woo! Good God, woo! Oh, 
Okay, listeners, welcome. You're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers and Google Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us right here down in our studio in Clearwater, Florida. Don't forget to check out our website, GolfstreamMotorsports.com. If you've missed any of our past shows, you can find the podcast link on our website, Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Good evening, Bobby. Hey, how's it going? Would you like to have the honors of uh, informing everybody about our social media? Sure, because I do think everyone needs to go check us out on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn, Nostalgic Radio Cars, and at NRC On Air. And don't forget Periscope. They can follow us there as well. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason we had Sammy as our spokesperson here in a few seconds ago, and we played that little clip about the 60s music thing, is because tonight... We have a very special guest coming back to join us here at Nostalgic Radio and Cars because this weekend at Ruth Eckert Hall is the rock and roll show Legends of Rock starring Mark Farner of the Grand Funk, Rick Derringer, and I think Jefferson Starship. Who else is uh, on there, Bobby? Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels. Mitch Ryder. Well, you got two Detroit guys on there. We got uh, Mark Farner, Detroit, obviously, and uh, Mitch Ryder. Yeah. And uh, all these guys are legends, okay? And all these guys... Started their bands back in the 60s. I mean, pretty groovy stuff, you know. Did I say that right? Groovy? Groovy? Far out? That's yeah. an appropriate word for this That's show. That's an appropriate word, yeah. So, anyway, before we get to that and the interviews, let's tell everybody what we did this past weekend. It's back a weekend, we uh, were kind of nosing around up in Orlando because we went to what they call the Surf Expo. And if you tuned into our show last week, we talked a little bit about it. We had... Uh, a friend of mine, Mark Twiner, on from uh, Maryland. He's a car collector, but he also is a regular attendee at the Surf Expo. And then we had uh, Mr. Murphy on from the Tampa Boat Show. Now, we didn't make it to the Boat Show, but we did make it to Surf Expo. And Surf Expo was pretty impressive. I mean, back in the day, we used to go to the PRI show at the uh, convention center in Orlando, and that's called Performance Racing Industry, which has since kind of consolidated with SEMA. And they moved the show from Orlando in December to... Um, Indianapolis, so that's uh, and in the winter time, so nobody really wants to go up there in the cold. Although we do go to SEMA in November at Las Vegas because that is one bitchin' time. I mean, it's really cool. But anyway, so the Surf Expo was pretty impressive. As soon as we walked down the uh, escalator after we picked up our media credentials, as we kind of wandered through there, and what we saw initially was you know a lot of bathing suits, a lot of uh, resort wear. We saw a little knickknack, you know, stuff that you see at your typical. Um, uh, what do you call them? Oh, little, what's the word I'm thinking of here? You know, you're, when you go, oh, like that, souvi- souvenir shops. Souvenir shops, yeah. That's yeah. it, that's mm-hmm. it, souvenir shops. Mm-hmm. That you go when you go to a typical beach area, like, for example, Clearwater Beach, or you might go to Fort Lauderdale or Daytona and so on. And uh, as we wandered around a little bit, we noticed that they had sunglasses, they had shoes, they had uh, just all kinds of cool stuff. And um, But what we were interested in, obviously, was anything that floats, like a boat, okay? So we checked out uh, the Taiga boats. Did I say that right? Taiga boats this time? We checked out yes. uh, Ski Nautique was there. Of course, our good friends down at Forte's Inboard and Auto Connection, they uh, they specialize in Taiga boats as well as they will fix your classic collectible car. Right, Bobby? Oh, and, yeah. And uh, their number is, uh, they're in, in Pinellas Park right down there. So their number is 727-544-6440. So give them a call. That's 727-544-6440. That's Forte's Inboard and Auto Connection. Anyway, um, so we nose around it, but uh, there was guys on skateboards. There was audio guys, video guys, you know, running around all over the place shooting stuff and, and doing interviews and stuff like that. But one of the things that we kind of caught our, or that caught our attention was uh, the kites. Yes. Uh, the kites, okay. Among... A few other things, actually. Yeah. And the guy's, I can't remember his last name, his first name was Todd. He was Canadian. He had the A, you know, hey, I'm from Canada, eh? But he was from BC, or actually Vancouver. And uh, there's a little island out there, I can't remember what it's called, but that's where they go kiting, okay? Now, we spent a little bit of time there, because he showed us how they had the little girdle that you put on, and how you clip on, and how you, you know, hook on, and you basically sail 40, 50 feet in the air. Now, we've seen him around Pinellas County here. I've seen him down on by the Skyway. I've seen him off of some of the beach areas along the causeway and stuff like that on a really, really windy day. That looks like a lot of fun. Of course, my concerns were, you know, it looks a little dangerous. But um, he, re- he reassured me that it's not because you can always quickly disconnect, and then next thing you know, you're swimming in the water. And so it really looks like a lot of fun. And if you're relatively agile, uh, it seems like it would be a heck of an experience. And it's not really considered an extreme sport anymore. So that was pretty cool. Anyway, so they had uh, the kayaks. They had the windsurfers. They had the surfboards. They had all that cool stuff down there. So it was a really pretty impressive show. They're doing it again in January. So uh, what we'll do is we'll give you a full report when we go to the Surf Expo in January. But the other thing we did, we went up to visit a friend of mine up in near 
up in there, up by Lake Mount Dora, or out in the Mount Dora area, up Lake Harris and Lake Dora. And uh, Don is a good friend of mine, and I met him at Festivals of Speed at the Mission Inn uh, earlier this year. And uh, he was there with the, and I can't remember the name of the organization, but it's the Antique Wood Boat um, Club of America or something to that effect. What I didn't know is that Mount Dora has one of the largest concentration of wooden boat collectors in the country. Now, Mount Dora, that area, and I'm going to say that because it's Mount Dora, that's Traveris, that's uh, Yalaha. Did I say that right that time, Bobby? Yes, Yalaha. Uh, Yalaha, uh, Howie in the Hills, and Okahumka. Now, those are all Indian names, and there's a story behind each one of them. But anyway, there's a chain of lakes up there. So there's Lake Harris, there's Little Lake Harris, there's uh, Lake Apopka, and there's Lake Dora, and then a couple of little ones. And they all kind of tie together. But what was really cool is Don took us out in his 1929 sea lion 28 footer with this giant massive 670 something odd cubic inch six cylinder inline engine that just had unbelievable amounts of torque well what was really cool is as we were rolling around there and just kind of cruising probably around you know 20 knots 25 knots which is maybe 30 miles an hour on lake dora we went through this little channel there that was over to lake harris right the dora canal yes the dora canal and we thought we went back in time a hundred years I was waiting for Johnny Weismiller, a.k.a. Tarzan, to come swinging out of the out of the sides because it looked like it was Florida totally untouched. It was just the water. It was the uh, cypress trees. It was the vines. It was the petrified wood floating in the water. Maybe an occasional gator that we didn't see. The uh, snakefish, or not snakefish, snake birds, that's what they call them, right? Probably some cottonmouths and moccasins. Well, they're the same thing. Cottonmouths, moccasins floating around in there. But it was so beautiful, and it just kind of meandered through between the two lakes. It was probably about a 10, 15-minute excursion through there, and you have to kind of idle through there. And uh, absolutely a trip back in time. I was so impressed. And then you come out on the other side, and you're in Lake Harris, which is a fairly good-sized lake. And then we go over to, they call it, I guess, the Dead River is what the, it was called. The Dead River or... The sign said the Eustis Canal. The Eustis, Can- Eustis Canal. Oh, yeah, there's Lake Eustis up there, too. I forgot about that. Yes. And that's what we did. We went to Lake Eustis, and Lake Eustis connects to Lake Harris. That's right, what it is. Right, right, right. But yeah. it just the, the the Dead River is a secondary-type name to it I had for, no... that, for that stretch of waterway. Right. So anyway, um, and then we ate at this really nice little restaurant there. So that was pretty cool. That was exciting. Uh, we really, truly enjoyed it. Now, once a year up in Mount Dora, they have the vintage boat uh, show up there, the wooden boat show. So uh, we're looking forward to doing that, and we'll keep you informed as that. But now, we did do a Periscope, and we will upload the video here pretty soon that we did while we were riding in that little boat and while we were going through the canal. Oh, okay, we got a little... Uh, yeah, a little Grand Funk, little as grand request funk. by Steve. Okay, good. Okay, and hey, you're tuning into Nostalgia Green Card. Don't touch a doll. We'll be right back.
Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Where can you find the best-tasting, authentic Caribbean food in Tampa Bay? It's all at Island Vibes Caribbean Restaurant in downtown Largo. Island Vibes has delicious jerk chicken, fresh seafood, Caribbean soup, salads, sandwiches, and more. Don't miss happy hour from 4 p.m. to close and live entertainment on Friday nights. Check out Island Vibes Caribbean Restaurant at 351 West Bay Drive in Largo or call 727-240-4420. To check out their amazing Caribbean menu, visit Sweet islandvibes.com This is Neil Young. You're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back and you're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars and I'm your show host, Robert. Right, Bobby? That's what we said earlier. That's true. Hey, if you're into really cool stuff, there's a store in town that'll really make you say cool. It's called The Cool Shop. It's owned by a friend of mine named Jeff. Jeff's got some pretty wicked stuff down there. Uh, You might want to give him a call because he's got some old antique toys he's got audio equipment down there he's got games he's got star wars he's he's got the uh the doughboy right or no no what's that thing called the uh, stuff and puff dude that's it and uh he's got a lot of old neat things he's got some uh games he's got the slot car machines he's got uh, old vintage telephone he's got dishware all, all sorts of stuff even an old pinball machine one cool thing that he had that i noticed the other day was kind of really neat was an old lava lamp he had believe it or not you know we're familiar with the weltron radio but he had a welltron tv remember those space age 2001 looking kind of things that they had back in the day he had one of those he had a lot of posters from movies out of the 50s 60s and 70s he even had a lot of stuff from a lot of the tv shows out of the 60s like the munsters the adams family star trek the man from uncle mission impossible i spy and of course the monkeys so you definitely want to give jeff a call down there at his uh shop because he's definitely got some cool cool things that'll take you right back in time old lunch pails gobs of 40s 50s 60s sci-fi stuff really cool modern classic looking knickknacks and some groovy 60s 70s psychedelic goodies you name it he's got it and if he ain't got it he can find it so give jeff a call down at the cool shop his number is 813-230-2019 that's 813-230-2019 give jeff a call at the cool shop okay now this is a big weekend because we got a really cool concert coming up it's called the legends of rock well guess what this evening we have one of the stars of that show and i'm delighted to welcome back to nostalgic radio and cars the man from the big d himself the rock patriot the founder of probably one of the most american bands in the country grand funk railroad i'm delighted to welcome mark farner back to nostalgic radio and cars hey mark how you doing good robert good to be back with you brother so are you excited or what oh yeah man (laughs) i love to play and you know we only get so much time on the planet and i'm i'm figuring you know if i get in as much as i can get in it'll just prolong what that is absolutely so what's what's the tour yeah absolutely (laughs) so how how when you guys do a tour like this like legends of rock and i know back in the 90s you did the thing with rango star and stuff like that how do you guys come up with these ideas who you're going to tour with how does that all come about well it's all done through the agencies Mm mm-hmm and some people will be from this agency, some will be from that agency. But then, and somebody within the agency start talking about, well, let's do a package, you know. They'll then they'll make recommendations, and just so happens I got to end up on this one with my old buddy Mitch Ryder and Rick Derringer. Uh, you know, we've done a lot of shows together, and uh, and the Starship, of course, uh, they they rock it, man. I mean, we and we have a great time, and and our camaraderie is. You know, 
that uh, it wouldn't matter if it did matter as far as uh, nothing could go wrong. You know, <laughs> with us, it's, it's going to party. Do you guys have, like, when we talk about, you know, the putting these groups together, do you guys get to talk about, uh, I mean, do the, do the promoters come to you and say, hey, well, who would you like to work with? You, are you, have you done something with this guy for a while? I mean, are you, does your music have to kind of coincide a little bit? Do you have to be kind of like the same genre, or how does that all come about, too? Well, we do get our two cents, you know, as far as uh, our say in it, but usually uh, when they come to me, They'll say, we've got this person, this person, this person. We're looking for another person. If you take it, you know, uh, we'd still have one to fill. Or, you know, and this is how it comes together. It's not something that uh, is put together and on a long-term, you know, a scope. It's kind of like last-minute, okay, <laughs> let's do this one. But for us musicians, I mean, you know, that we've been doing it for this many years, it's better that way. It's it's, you know, more of a surprise. Okay. Do you guys uh, actually sometimes get on there and all kind of like come out and jam together? I mean, I know you, uh -huh. uh, you're you a great guitarist. Derringer's a good guitarist. I mean, you know, so do you guys get together and do some stuff out there on the stage for the audience? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And uh, touring. So how many show, How many sh events is the Rock Legends or Legends of Rock? How many, how many gigs are you guys going to do? Well, we've only got a handful left at this point, but... It's uh, up to the agencies whether or not this thing continues. Uh, and I have my own solo dates as well. Okay. And if people want to find out more about that, they just go to your website, right? Yeah, markfarner.com. Thank you, Robert. Okay, very good. No. So, hey, let's talk a little bit about uh, your musical instruments, because I know you're paying this new, well, this guitar you've used for a while now is, uh, is what, a Parker? Is that what they call it? Yep, Parker Fly. Okay, and... Uh, so the Parker Fly, and if I look, if I'm, and I, and I don't know that much about guitars. I do play a little bit. I'm not really good. I have an old Fender Mustang. I've got an old Kramer, believe it or not, you know. And I, yeah, man. And uh, and I've got my original Lyle that I bought in 1966. Wow. So, uh, but you 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 play this Parker now? Is this a composite guitar? Because I was looking uh, looking it up a little bit. It looks like it's an all one piece guitar. It's one piece. It's a neck through, but it's actually mahogany body, and and it gets the light weight from the design. Uh, -huh. uh Ken Parker uh really, you know, put it together for that one and, and mine as far as the, the the tone, it's unique because it's a hardtail and there weren't that many hardtails put out. Most of them had a tremolo uh -huh. on them. So um the the mahogany and the hardtail uh really make a good sound for me. I mean and my setup is usually through a twin uh, to run my 15 and a deluxe to run my high end. I split my highs and lows up, and and I run one 15 inch speaker uh, with a uh, twin driving it, a Fender twin driving that 15, and then I run the high end through a deluxe Fender deluxe, and then I supply my own pedal board with my little reverbs and my trick pedals, you know. Okay, you know back in the day we had tube tube amps, and the yeah. music had kind of a, I don't know, kind of a softer sound to it. it was loud but it just had a i don't know i can't describe it there's a sound that a tube has versus digital or what's the word i'm looking for solid state yeah um what's your thoughts on that i am a tube maniac okay <laughs> I, it's the tone that's for it. me robert it has to have that tone to you know to encourage me to do what i do if I'm if I'm struggling with my guitar tone, I'm struggling with my whole show, brother. Okay. Yeah. How about uh, music? What kind of music are you working on? Are you writing some new stuff now again? Oh yeah, I'm writing all the time. I'm writing with other people as well. Okay. And uh, it's just finding the time to to even put the ideas down, which there's not a lot of that since my son's accident. When I'm home, I'm I'm really busy. And uh, we're tr we're trying to put some stuff together for our son Jesse, who broke his neck uh, six years ago, and he's quadriplegic and he's on life support. He lives with us here at the house, so life changed. I'm a busy guy when I'm home, man, and I don't get enough time uh, for my music. But I'm, you know, I'm making up for it in other ways. Okay, that's cool. What's uh, what's your inspiration for some of the songwriting today? Life, you know. <laughs> okay. Uh, wanting to uh, speak. What I feel, what I see in life, and uh, uh, you know, just trying to express 
and provoke people to think and not to accept um, what they've been handed. A lot of there's a lot of uh, the monopoly of the of the media gives a lot of uh, room for suspicion. Hey, we're on the same page there, pal. Yeah, I mean, we got a lot to be concerned. We had uh, we were talking to Ted Dugan here a while back, and of course, we you know where Ted stands. So uh, yeah. we're all kind of like on the same page on this thing. We're a little concerned about that. Right on. Let me ask you about uh, back in the day. Some of the bands that you toured with back in the old days. Could you pick and choose who you wanted to tour with, who opened for you, or even in the early days, like when you guys really became hot, which was going back to the what was it, Atlanta Pop Festival? I think that was your. Your first real, real yes. notable gig. The influence um, is more if you, if I knew somebody and and they were you know had a deal, record deal or something, and and they were saying, man, it'd be great to get on with you guys, or you know, that's only happened maybe a couple of times in my whole career, but most of the time it's already thought out. They know who they want to open, and a lot of people are having favors met by having these people open. Okay. I want to go back to a, a song that you did, which was a cover, really, which was Locomotion. And uh, that was actually one of my favorite songs that you guys did back in the day. I think it was like 73, 74, somewhere around there is when that song came out. Right on. And, uh, and I used to have a 72 Ranchero, Ford Ranchero GT, that I drove around back in the day with my little sweetie. And uh, I still have that car, by the way. I don't have the sweetie. I have a different one, but I my, I still have my original wife. Okay, let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but I know. Oh, she might be listening. Okay, but I got to be careful about that. But anyway, back That's to the right. day. So, but every time I get in that car, I think of that song because that song was just kind of like really cool. And then American Band, that was one of my all-time favorite songs. All right. What was the inspiration for that song? Well, the the publicist Lynn Goldsmith came to the band and she says, "Why don't you guys write a song that's about who you are, what you do?" And so Brewer came in with a lyrics and he he would make a two note uh, chord on a guitar and i just suggested man i said if they're we're going to do this um it's got to start with a cowbell banging away on the intro and then i hear this drum lick and then i told brewer i hear this you know and i told him it's got to be kicked on the bass drum he said are you kidding me he says i can't play that fast I said, you can if you practice, and he did, you know, he, and he didn't own a, a cowbell, so we said, well, go get some cowbell, man, and we'll pick the best sound in one. So he brought in about a half a dozen cowbells to the rehearsal, and we picked the one that went kank and didn't go tink, tink, you know, <laughs> it just kanked, and, uh, and I wrote that intro and, of course, the music, but when um, Brewer came to me and said, you know, I've never had a right credit of a whole song, right credit, can I take it on this one? And I just, because I'm a nice guy, I said, yeah, go ahead, you know? So he's got the right credit on it, and you'd have to ask him about the lyrical inspiration. Mine was, I wanted to rock. Okay, that works. You know, it's like, every once in a while, it's like some of the songs that you wrote off your first, second, and third, and fourth albums there, some of those songs are milestone. Captain, or Closer to Home, that's it, right? I think that's the one, I'm your captain, okay. How much of an impact did they make then? And when you look back in retrospect today and you listen to those songs, do you grasp the gravity of it and, and how significant those songs were back in the day? Yeah, that for me, because it was the Vietnam era, you know, the Vietnam War era, and a lot of our troops, they hung on to the words of that song, Robert, mm-hmm. because there wasn't any place they wanted to be uh, more than closer to home, you know. All of them. And when they had the 25th anniversary of the wall back in 05, they asked me if I would come. The Vietnam Veterans of America asked if I would come and play the song at the wall, you know, with a just with a flat-top guitar. I said, if you're going to have a stage, I will bring the band and I will do a show for the vets. And we did. And that song is was voted number one with the Vietnam Veterans of all the songs um, that they, you know, hung on to when they were there. And another one was The Animals, We Gotta Get Out of This Place. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, that was kind of a, a really, you know, I mean, there's some parallels to those days and these days, and, and I'll digress just for a second. You know, Vietnam was a bad deal. We all know that. And yep. uh, and it's not that none, any of us are 
chicken or anything like that. It's just that it's not our war. It's a corporate war. And, and unfortunately, like, you know, listen to some of your interviews, and I know we've talked about this before, you know, media kind of turns this whole thing around. Well, now we got this other one, and we're going into 14, 15 years almost that we've been, you know, beating around there in the Mideast, and we've accomplished zip zero nada. But we've got more, and tell me if this makes sense if you've seen this as well, because I know you do a lot of charity work for soldiers and veterans and people, but it seems to me we've got more maimed and hurt soldiers coming back through this mess than we did during the whole Vietnam era, which was also almost 10 years, too, when you think about it, 10 years or so. Yes, and not to mention the suicide rate, Robert, which is 20 to 30 a month. Now, that wasn't happening uh, back when they came back from Nam. They were getting spat upon. You know, there was some bad press, and they all the returning soldiers bore the brunt of that bad press. This is a different time. This is a this is the time where these kids have been programmed to believe that this this war and killing is okay and all the movies that they watch on it and all the all the Star Wars even. I mean everything's killing, 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 shooting, killing, killing, war, 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 video games, blood and guts, heads chopping, arms chopping, legs are falling off. You name it. And they're programmed and then they come after him with an ad on television where the guy puts a helmet on and everywhere he turns his head, the M60s in this chopper are turning with it. It was like a video game mentality. But the reality doesn't set into these young men until their best friend is laying there in the sand and his blood's soaking into that foreign dirt. And that's when the reality hits them. It's, it turns their mind upside down. They've been... They've been brainwashed to believe this in the first place, that this is okay and righteous and everything. But, man, it's, I'm with you. As far as the purpose, if it was defending our country and if it was what they swore to uphold and defend, the Constitution of the United States, it'd be another thing. But they're not upholding and defending the Constitution over there. No, and I think what we're doing is we're actually just meddling and making things worse. You know, yeah. so. Now, let me ask you this. Let's just drop back. So back in the day, so some of the songs that you wrote during the 60s and 70s that you were playing stuff were kind of like anti-Vietnam stuff. Are you working on any anti, let's say, modern-day war songs that, that kind of have a similar message, but with, a, with kind of the same purity, you know, in terms of music that's kind of reminiscent of, of the 60s and 70s? Well, I do um, people let stop the war. In, in concert, you know, live in concert, mm-hmm. and it does hold up today because the people have that same heartfelt unity. We want it to stop, and there's more and more every day. But there's, I'm with you as far as that the accounting, too, of those who are coming, our soldiers returning maimed, dismembered, and, and laying in hospitals. They, there's no uh, coverage on these soldiers. Uh, as far as mainstream news, they don't want us to know about it. There's there's no coverage about the families who are impacted, about the ones who died there, their sons, their their grandsons, their nephews, nieces. They, they you know, the humanity of our nation is is lacking because mainstream is starving us from it. You know, they're they're keeping it from us. And this is what we really need to move forward as a nation. We have to, we have to realize that it takes unity, and we need to unify. We need somebody in that office who brings unity, not not the division that that office has brought for years. Oh yeah, especially the last eight years. Well, I guess where I was going with this is that you know back then your music transcended. Okay, I mean again, you know you guys, uh, you know CCR, you know the Doors, everybody had these anti-war, anti-Vietnam songs. I just don't see it now. And it's like, I don't I, I don't see those songs coming out, sending the same message, and I don't see the synergy, the the continuity. You know, I, I it's like the mindset and the mentality of people today. They're so desensitized. They don't realize really what's going on. And, and like you said, the media covers up the other side, the poor guys coming back that are, and the family's destroyed and everything over this. So we need more music to like, like we did back then. But the, the problem is, Brother Robert, is we know who owns the media. Oh, okay. Who, who's going to play it? <laughs> That's who will play that song if it, you know, if it, especially if it pricks the heart and the emotion of the American public. They're they're going to keep that from us. 
Yeah, because when you got corporate America that owns most of the radio stations, there's not a lot, uh, you know. Exactly. That's, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, and that's the other thing, too, is that's kind of where you go in. It's like, we're talk radio station here, so we have a lot of fun. We can do pretty much anything we want. But like you said, when you're corporately owned and operated and maintained, and it kind of reminds me of the movie uh, with Robin Williams, Good Morning Vietnam. Remember how yeah. in that movie he could play anything he wanted, but then they came back and said, no, we don't want you playing that kind of music. Here's what you have to read. Just tell people these lies, tales, and stories. In other words, it's it's censored. Yeah. And that's what we need to get away from is censored Boy. radio. Yeah. And, and DJs need to be able to do, be on their own and, and speak their mind and, and relate to Amen, the people. Amen, brother. Amen. You know, yeah, so. Man. Well, let's talk more about you. Let's talk about some of the other stuff that you know. So what is Mark Farno doing when he's not touring these days? And obviously, you know, uh, our sympathy goes out to your son, Jesse, and everything like that. And is he progressing? Well, he's just uh, progressively getting worse because, um, you know, his body was in good shape when he first did it, and he recovered from some of the infection and some of the, you know, the breakage. Of course, they had to put his neck back together. And, uh, it, you know, as the time has gone on, his, his health has deteriorated. So that's what we're dealing with now with, you know, pressure sores and what have you that uh, quadriplegics are known for having, and especially urinary tract infection. Uh, the poor kid, you know. Every time I look at him, I think that's my poor baby, you know, that poor guy. Got hit in that prime of his life, so just kind of tough as the dad. When I'm, you know, and I've developed a few things, I've in, invented things for his benefit. When uh, when a person is on life support, the ventilator makes a sound like Darth Vader is in the room, you know. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So, but 24-7, and... He had to turn the radio and television and everything, and people had to talk up above the decibels of the you know the output of that ventilator. So I invented and put it in a half inch plexiglass box so you can see it. And I and the boxes has a filtered air supply, and uh, you know it's silent when that door goes closed. My son looked over at me and said, "Dad, <laughs> thank you." I didn't realize, and then I say, you know, well now uh, he can listen to the radio or the television at a low volume and hear it. Where before there was, he had to crank it up, and we're going, "What the hell is he doing down there?" Uh-huh. <laughs> but my uh, my eighty acres here, we got a, a tree farm, and we do farm it. Uh, but it's not like when we had our horses and cattle and chickens and goats and everything. I mean, you know, we were out farming. Now we've kind of dwindled back to just our garden and uh, just enough, you know, to make it look good around here as far as the flowers and shrubs. That's it. That's cool. Don't have time to maintain the rest of it anymore. Now you mentioned that you, you you do a couple of tours and then you go into your own studio and you do some of your own stuff. So how do you do a lot of uh, let's say like local gigs around the the Michigan area? I do. Uh, I go to. Sometimes I go to a prison, you know, they want me to come in, mm-hmm. uh, drug rehab. Uh, I've done things like this, but as far as uh, gigging for money, mm-hmm. uh, I do play the casinos here in Michigan, and we just played down at uh, Soaring Eagle in Mount Pleasant, but I play Odawa in northern Michigan uh, a lot because it's close right here in my hometown. But... um We'd, we're going to do some uh, shows next year in Detroit area. Okay. Yep. So River, riverfront show. And, okay. Do you um do you like each year? Do you have kind of like planned out? So in other words, like you're doing Legends of Rock this year. What do you have lined up for next year for 2017? Well, we've got some one-off dates booked, mm-hmm. but nothing as far as the tour yet. Okay. And those things develop after the IEVA convention. And after the Fair Buyers Convention in uh, Vegas, where uh, you get all these people together and they're talking about the bands, and then sometimes they'll showcase a band uh, or several bands, and then uh, buyers can uh, can get a, a sample of what you know they're going to be purchasing, what the band's going to sound like, and uh, that all happens kind of during the winter, and then you go through March and you're starting to hit doing all the dates that have been booked through those winter time months. 
Is it fair to say that nostalgia, that the old original bands is still pretty strong? I mean, the demand for you guys, because, I mean, you guys seem to, like, sell out everywhere you go. I mean, it's like you go in and it's a full, it's a packed house. Like, this weekend you'll be at Ruth Eckert Hall here in Clearwater, Florida, and uh, you guys got that four-walled. So uh, that's, that's, that's good news, isn't it? Yes, but it's, it's real music. It's not music that's saying that we're pissed off about anything or that we're mad. This is music that makes you happy because mm-hmm. it takes you back to the time, you know, when everybody was looking forward to going out and dancing and looking forward to the next weekend. And, you know, uh, life was good. People had uh, high-paying jobs in the auto factories in Michigan here, brother. Oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, and but if we want to see what happens to a country that fails to support itself, look at Detroit. Look at Flint, Michigan. Look at Pontiac. Look at these once great cities. Uh, when the when the manufacturing left, uh, it left the, all the people, you know, on on welfare and on lower paying jobs. And I guarantee you, the the families that have young kids, they're going to feed them one way or another. Oh, uh, yeah, they're going to do what they have to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Music, music in general, you know, like you're talking about, like your the songs that you guys sing. I mean, when I listen to Grand Funk, you know, I mean, I think back, like I told you, I think back when I get in my ranch here and I go, wow, you know, I turned on my little AMFM radio and I was listening to American Band and I was listening to, you know, Locomotion and all this stuff. It's like a instant portal of time. It takes you right back to that very place and moment and i know exactly you know when i was shifting in third gear or something like that and go wow i remember that song it's just really cool do people ever come up to you and say hey man thanks i'm glad you're still around i'm glad you're playing these songs and it just takes me back in time oh yeah man i mean that is probably the the most common comment about you know our shows because we attempt to make it like the record i don't embellish on anything take long solos different kind of things we just want to reproduce what the people loved hearing on the radio. And when we do that, it's just so much, because we go out to you know sign autographs at the merchandise booth and get so many people coming through and saying how, you know, it was this night and they were that, you know, age. And Madison Square Garden, we were just out in New York, people telling me, oh, man, I was on the lawn. I camped out and got my tickets to Shea Stadium. Dude, I was the 12th person in line. And, you know, like... It was, uh, you know, it's, it's part of that is the reward for me for getting out and still doing it. And I want to be um, healthy enough, brother, to to uh, represent my age group out here. And so far, people are encouraging me and rooting me on. Well, i got to tell you, I listen to some of the videos because I always do a little bit of homework beforehand. And your voice is still incredible, almost just like it was back in the day. So how do you do that? How do you keep your voice, I mean, just sounding good? You just sound like you do and like you did back then. Well, it's exercise by reason of use, brother. <laughs> by reason of use. Okay, I'm going to have right. to... I like that. I like that. Uh-huh. Um, you mentioned those other little conventions, you know, where people go and you, and you set up the, uh, um, you know, the, where people can find out a little bit more about the bands and stuff like that. How about NAM? Do you ever go to NAM? Yes, it- I have. I've gone to NAM several times, but uh, not in the past recent years because of my uh, involvement with my son. Okay, no, I understand. Um, so when you went to NAM, I mean, what what is NAM like? I mean, is it is it is it work for you guys? Is it a place where you can go check out instruments and audio oh, yeah. and this and and network? Is that what takes place there pretty much? Yeah, it's it's for the musicians. It's uh, checking out all the stuff, and because a lot of us are really kind of tech heads. Okay. And not only that, but checking out the other people that are there checking out stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, we're checking each other out. And a lot of times you run into, well, uh, Stephen Tyler, we did one, a NAM show down in uh, Chicago. And uh, Tyler was standing off to the side, uh, out front of the hotel, and I didn't see him. And I got in the back of this taxi because, I mean, you know, he pulls up, the door comes open. I'm following the guy from the record company into the back of this cab. And Tyler dives out onto the hood, and he's beating on the windshield. He's going, Mark, fire Mark, <laughs> 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 crazy. <laughs> what a mid-nook. I love the guy. <laughs> I love that guy. Yeah. 
Today's and that's you know that's kind of what we look forward to seeing the people that we we love and, and kind of getting back together, kind of a little family reunion time, you know. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Today's youth playing guitars and and music. Now you play guitar. I think you play keyboards too, right? Yes. Okay. And uh, so today's youth getting into instruments. Do you see people picking them up and learning and wanting to practice just like you guys did, or like our era when we were kids? Yes. There's, it's different now with all of the tablature and the things that we didn't have back then. But it's better for the for the student because it's more infinitely broken down and. With some of the games that were, uh, you know, video games that were popular with the playing the guitar, uh-huh. that sent kids in a direction wanted. To, you know, they pursued it from that. I've heard about you know a lot of players, but that's where they started with that uh-huh. video game kind of stuff, and then they wanted to play, so they got lessons and developed it from there. Uh, let me ask you this. Now, back in the day, I think one of your first guitars was a Messenger, right? And I don't know yeah. much about them, but did they have any... Uh, there was something unique about that guitar, but... So, uh, was that kind of like a... Because almost everything you do, because you're pro-Michigan, which is good, pro-American, and I, uh, Gibson's out of out of Kalamazoo, I think, and Messenger, were they made in Michigan, too, someplace? They were made in California. Oh, they're Californian. Oh, okay. Yeah. They had aluminum neck and a wooden... A hollow wooden body. So it's kind of like a Kramer, then, like a tuning fork neck kind of like type thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And 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 you liked that guitar back then? Well, the, yeah. The... It it offered the ability to go all the way up to the last fret before you ran into any wood. Okay. <laughs> you oh, know? Okay. I mean, but the uh, the con was. That neck was so damn heavy, Robert. If you let go of it, it was going to go south immediately. <laughs> yep. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. And that guitar, if I understand correctly, isn't it in a museum someplace or a Hall of Fame? Or where is that guitar? It lived in the Rock Hall for a few years. And then uh, they, the company, there was a company, uh, I'm trying to remember what the name, Eastwood uh-huh. uh, Guitars, wanted to um, reproduce that particular guitar and asked me if they could go in and mic and measure my um, messenger at the rock hall so i said yeah you know go ahead well when they got a hold of the rock hall come to find out the guitar was no longer there and i and this is like 2006 when they called me i said it's not there what are you talking about so i called down there and they said oh yeah some Somebody checked it out back in 2003, uh, a gentleman named Brewer. And I went, oh, man. So the drummer from the band took my guitar. I don't know why, but I called my attorney uh, friend down in Nashville, and I told him what happened. And uh, I had my guitar back uh, the very next day. It was FedEx to me. So <laughs> there you go. So it's now living at my house with me <laughs> and the rest of my uh paraphernalia that I've collected along the way. <laughs> that's super. That's super. Now, did you ever play other, I mean, did you play like with Fenders or did you play with Gibsons or did you play other, uh, let's see what else was around back in those days, Martin? Well, no, Martin was yeah, the hot. I like to play other instruments. And mm-hmm. I I own several other instruments, but I gravitate back to my, to my fly because for me it's perfect. It's got stainless steel frets. There's no fretware whatsoever. I played this guitar since 95 uh-huh. and there's zero fretware. And I mean, I have played this thing. I haven't been easy on it. I didn't baby it. <laughs> this The scale on it is a little wider neck, which gave room for when I do a vibrato on my string, mm-hmm. sometimes it would come over the edge of the fretboard and just crap out. On a, on a strat, especially, because they're so dang close to the edge. Mm-hmm. But on a Parker Fly, man, there's there's a, enough leeway there and enough distance where you don't fall off the edge and you can still get your vibrato in. You can pull it or push it. Okay. we got about a minute or so left. What are the, some of the big songs you're going to be playing that our listeners can... Uh, and those that are going to be hen- attending the concert, what are, you, what, what are some of the big songs that you're going to play this well, time? Well, of course, gonna, we're going to do... Locomotion, as you've mentioned. Okay, cool. Yeah, and we're going to 
going to do Bad Time to Be in Love. That was played more than any other song in 1975. I was given a BMI award. Um, my song got played more than the one that went to number one. And you know why? Why? Because people were calling in and requesting it, brother. You don't get a lot of that today. No. Side note, real quick. The chick that I was dating when I was in, in love with the Locomotion song, well, that's the song I played when she left me. So, <laughs> so how's the correlation there? Great. There you go. You got it. <laughs> well, obviously, American Band, you're going to be playing that one. Some kind of wonderful. Okay. I'm your captain. Yeah. Now, how long are your sets? We only play uh, a half a dozen songs each. Okay. Mark, we're up against the clock now. Tell everybody how they can get a hold of you, how they can find out more about what you got going on real quick. MarkFarner.com. Come and see us. We sell only Made in America T-shirts, hats, and, and all of our merchandise. Excellent, excellent. This weekend, the rock patriot, Mark Farner, founder of Grand Funk Railroad, Legends of Rock, Ruth Eckert Hall, Saturday night, right? Right on. All right, Mark, thank you very much for coming on the radio show tonight. I look forward to seeing you this weekend. In the meantime, I want to thank all my listeners for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars and my special guest, Mark Farner. Don't forget to check out our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and all the other good stuff, at NRC on air, right? I got that. And if you miss any of our past shows, our podcast, Nostalgic Radio and Cars. In the meantime, everybody, stay safe, drive carefully, love your family, and we'll see you at the concerts this weekend. Treasures mean to be telling tales out of school, but there's a fella in there who'll pay you $10 if you sing into his can. Downtown Dave. I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker. They broadcast me out on the radio. WTAN, Clearwater, Tampa Bay. WDCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills, Tampa Bay. Listen. <laughs>